Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we are talking indoor plants and trees with an expert. We've got Brock Saucier with uh, Northland Design and Landscape and Architecture. Um, they do land planning. We use them a lot in our projects. Um, Brock is also kind of a unicorn because he has a background um, in interiors and landscape. He's worked for retailers, greenhouses, so he's the perfect one to really ask a lot of these questions to. So before we um, started getting ready for this podcast, we sort of asked our um, social media what questions they had about plants because we kind of know what questions our clientele have but anyway we were able to gosh gain probably a good 30 or 40 questions so we're going to be asking you those today Brock sounds fantastic cool so welcome um I wish you guys could see Brock he's very cute and has great glasses great glasses Mm, yes. yes anyway um so let's jump into it let's talk about what's trending right now yeah I feel like yeah Brock, do tell us what is trending right now for interior trees, plants? Oh, I, I think we've gone into a ton of variegated plants. There's a ton of like uh, specialty and rare plants that are variegated that are really hard to find. Anything with that pink foliage is super hot mm. and on trend. That is coral this for pink. exterior? Oh, exterior, interior, interior, interior. Oh, interior. Yeah, okay, interior. That's where we're at. We're inside the house. Absolutely, now. yeah. Okay. Uh, Go there. <laughs> pinks and variegated. Um, there what are. What would t- be an example of a pink indoor plant? Uh, there's a dracaena that's pink. That's really fantastic. Dracaena. Yes, it's, you sent me a picture. I one did. Other day and it's oh. real pretty. You guys. It's really, really pretty. Um, there's a Google ton of uh, elastica, ficus elasticas that are doing in shades of pink, like strawberries and cream. Ooh. There's a, a little plant called a splash, which has been around forever. Oh. Um, if you don't like pink though there's a ton of other options i'm in love with cactus right now i think cactus look modern and clean Uh and i don't really look at them as like a southwestern you know that whole look i look at it more of like an anthropology modern approach to plants love love those wait can cacti live in the house yes there are varieties that that like lower light there's also a, a variety called euphorbia and euphorbias which is actually a poinsettia also, but they, they, they look like a cactus and they're lower light as well. Wow. Well, fun fact about Brock is that he spent, was it 10 years in California and Palm Springs? I and did, yes. Anyway, so I'm just like, yeah, we both love Palm Springs. And so like just, <laughs> I, I can see how like that desert sculpture Almost like, yeah, I, I can see why you're drawn to it. California don't appreciate what they have as much. Like they live oh. indoor, outdoor, like there's like you, your walls open up and you kind of live indoors and outdoors. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do for Northland is kind of that experience between indoors and outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you'll have a fiddle leaf uh, ficus growing in your yard and they're like, yeah. So, so incidentally, I don't think they bring one inside because they have one growing outside. Interesting. So. Yeah. Lots of questions about the fiddle leaf fig from people. They want to know our um, best indoor trees for 2022. Are fiddly figs out? Um, are they out? No. I mean, it's a. It, there's only so many varieties of plants, and we're not going to discover another planet with all these new varieties. Yeah. So no, is, is it out? No. <laughs> Am I tired of seeing it? Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Only because it's it's um it, we've seen it a lot. Yeah. yeah. But it gives us that organic uh, kind of fresher approach to design. But there are other things that you can do it with. You can do it with um uh there is a ficus aubrey which is very similar. There's a ficus ollie which has a long narrow leaf. Mm. Um there's a lot of different things that you can do. You don't have to just do a fiddle leaf fig. I know. I think one thing that I'm sick of seeing is just like fiddle leaf on a small scale. It's like 
I, like you will see, you buy it ikea or home depot yeah like you just want like a full-grown one if you're gonna no, see it my, my sister has one that's just like crawling up and she has huge high ceilings or whatever but it's just crawling up toward the line we have a client too where they have a skylight mm-hmm. and so they're just crawling up and they're just doing these crazy things with their arms and stretching out and you're like that's what a fiddle leaf should be doing it's mm-hmm. not a four-footer like it should oh, be, yeah, it they, should be high. And I think that that is the difference. If you still love a fiddle, I think the difference is scale. If you yeah. can just be ridiculous with your scale or just like be nurture oh. it so well that you're growing it to become something beautiful. Cause I remember when it was, they were kind of emerging and then all the designers started using them and then they like just, we got so fatigued from the fiddle. <laughs> so I so. could agree more. I think that the large scale ones are beautiful. Um, oftentimes with big, big trees, it's important to start with something a little smaller and then it acclimate to your house and then it will grow towards the light. Now you can do things to trim it and, you know, turn it away from the window. If you don't want that one big, long kind of dinosaur arm off of it. I love that. I love I that. Too. <laughs> too. I like perfectly imperfect things and that definitely yeah. falls in that. Totally. Same camp. I love that. Okay. They want to know what is the source for larger trees? Uh, there are a couple of really great local retailers that just hit it out of the park with large trees, mm-hmm. specimens, and they have people that you can go to and say, hey, look, I need this specimen tree. Can you get it for me? Yeah. And they'll call Florida and do that. Um, so go to your local retailer. Unfortunately, in my world, um, I try to shop small so I don't go to the big box stores. It is tempting, though, when you see that fiddly fig at Costco and it's $60 and it would be, you know, $200 at your local retailer. Mm-hmm. They've made special ag- agreements for it. And at big box stores, they don't take as good a care. So you, if they come right in, great, buy it. But if it's been sitting there for three weeks, who knows? It might be in danger. Kind of a C minus, right? Or yeah. You no, know, versus like on a grade scale. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. great. Um, okay. People want to know. Which tree um, would work in a room that only has like one window, low light? So there's any of the Dracaena family. And I say Dracaena because it's a very, very large group. Uh And they have everything from, you know, the typical Dracaena, like the Marginata. But they have a lot of different varieties and colors as well. As I mentioned, the pink, there's a lime green one. And the leaves go from very, very fine up to very, very thick. So Dracaena Mm -hmm. is really great for low. It's Dracaena, J-U-C-I-D. Dracaena. Oh, Dracaena. D-R? Uh-huh. Spell yes. it for the for the, our audience. Oh, you don't want me to spell anything, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Just what we think it's of course okay. gonna you're gonna, um, you're gonna say that three times, and you're gonna go to your local retailer and you're gonna tell them that's they what will you know want. what a Dracaena marginata <laughs> is. I promise you, it's the, okay. one of the more common. Um, there are a lot of palms that are great. There's like the parlor palm that is great for low light. I love a fishtail palm. I think people overlook mm-hmm. fishtail palms. I love a fishtail. I do there, too. They're super hardy. You can't kill one. It'll do great in medium light. It'll do great in high light. Wow, um, I didn't know that. Cheers to the fishtail. That's awesome. Yeah, they're super hardy. They're really, really easy to take cool. care of. So that was interesting what you said, that you can go in and ask for something and they can order it in for you. Because I feel like every time I go in, I just go in to hunt and kill and bring something home with me. And you're just like, oh, well, I thought I wanted this, but they didn't have it. So I'll just choose something else. But you're saying like if they didn't have. If you go to a local spent any anywhere across the country, if you go to someone who specializes in plants. Yeah. They'll always have a buyer. It's always a peculiar person. Not a, it's, a, it's always a great guy in the background An with artist. little glasses, <laughs> like looking over catalogs. Of, oh, I can find that. I can find that. Yes. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, they can find it for you. Okay. Uh, remember specimen plants, someone you're paying for time for someone to have taken care of that. If it's 10 years old, you're paying for someone to take care of it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And a lot yeah. of those growers come from California and from Florida. And literally sometimes in Florida, they're just put out in a big field and left for years. 
Wow. That's amazing. Kind of similar to Portland, what they do with big decorative deciduous oh, trees. That for kind of sure. That, that makes that. sense in those climates. We installed a home last week and she had, I think it was a Dracenia and cause she mm-hmm. calls it Drea for short. That's the, but it was her mother's plan. It was like a 40 or 50 year old palm. It's and it so was, pretty. It's so insane. And anyway, just as far as the hardiness, I think uh-huh. that that's a testament that. And it's just a total wild card. Like I've never seen anything like it before. It was having like a crazy hair day. It just had branches and wild spigots coming out of it. The one large thing that I, one large tree that I love is called a yucca cane and it's low light. It gives you a very modern, very, very large scale leaf Mm. um, in these little tufts, but it's really big and gorgeous too. Um, That sounds pretty. Um, for those of you wondering why we're talking about plants for houses, it's a big thing that we always do in our decor. And I think across the nation, people are bringing live plants in. So not faux trees anymore. I'm sure a lot of you are like, oh, but I travel or I, I kill it. Um, I think we'll talk about ways here course, that yeah. you can take care of them. Yeah. And if you are prone to kill something, like what what species would be best for you? Yeah, and I think what you said about just going to your local nursery and just talking to an expert and like showing them pictures of your home if they can't visit it live, showing them pictures of like the light that you are getting. Hopefully they're going to put you in like on a path that like you're going to find something that will survive, you know, and like kind of on its own, get the fishtail. <laughs> but you have to be honest because yeah. I've had so many people who are like, I really want a fiddly fig and they have like a northern exposure and they leave their drapes closed. And I'm like, you're just unfortunately going to rent this for a few weeks or a few months and then it's going to pass. So yeah. we always say right plant, right place. And if you do that, you're you're always going to have success. So, so like you made that. an interesting comment. You said maybe show them a picture of your space. So would you say like take a picture in with you? Take a picture of of Say you. which which way your Wait, sun is what coming. What direction from. is, and then then how far is the plant going to sit away from the window? Because you could have a southern window, you know, and if it was a big grand room that was fifteen or twenty feet long, uh-huh. and your tree was in the back, that's considered low light. Anything below like the six to ten foot field of of the is going to be considered lower light. Okay. Good to know. That's great advice. I Hawk, like that. We're going to be texting you so many pictures of <laughs> Do it. Do it. I, yeah. I'd love to help. I'm a plant nerd. I love, I love that. It. Okay. So this question's interesting. I think it's going to be just whatever you think is best. People want to know what plants are best for the kitchen versus living room versus dining room. Well, in the kitchen, you have your countertops, so they're up higher. Um, We usually, like I always visit my kitchen once a day, but I don't necessarily always go in the dining room. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes the things that require a little bit more care are best in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. There's a maiden hair fern, which I love, and we Mm -hmm. used to jokingly at the... They're so gorgeous. Um, we used to joke where I worked at it in a plant retail, like we couldn't even keep them. We were in plants and we couldn't keep them alive. Oh. You have to water them almost every single day. Okay. And they want bright, direct light, but they don't want to be touched by light. And they, they'll wilt instantly. They're really super gorgeous. I, I don't yeah. talk bad about a plant. Oh, they're precious. They're, they're precious, like but so they need fun. to be watered every yeah. day. So that's why Delicate it's perfect. <laughs> so that's why it's perfect next to your kitchen sink. Uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, it needs watered today. So yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great. Good tip. I, like I also that. like like the ones that need more maintenance in the kitchen where you're going to remember. Yeah. Do you have any tips? This is a selfish question of my own. I just always have dreams of having a lemon tree in my kitchen because they're so fragrant and beautiful, but I live in Utah. Can I keep one alive? I just did two. They will be gorgeous one at one time. They're a little smaller. They're growing into their space. Two grapefruits, and they're in a pool house. Oh, very, very close to one of your clients, actually. Clever. Um, I love what you're It's in a pool house, and they have... so. Anytime you have a tree, it's going to want to be outside. Oh, okay. okay. So, 
And there are very, like ficus can live indoors and outdoors. And there's a few trees. Uh, a citrus really wants to be outside. A citrus falls in what we call as a patio fruit, meaning you take it outside in the summer. Mm-hmm. You let it absorb all the sun and get some really good growth on it. And then you bring it indoors in the winter and put it in a sunroom or a really large south window. Mm-hmm. And they'll adjust and they'll do great. Um, but you can absolutely do citrus indoors. Um, there's some minutia about growing them. Um, you have to hand, um, not fertilize them, but you have to. Um, oh, like tickle the pollen, yeah, yeah, like with the paintbrush. Yes, absolutely. You have to do that, or otherwise <laughs> it won't do that. Because outdoors a bee would have done it, but indoors you have to be the bee. Okay. So, pollinate. That's, that's the word I was saying. Okay. That sounds hard. <laughs> it's not. You can you can even just shake the tree and it will find oh. its way. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that really sounds cute. Not hard. Shake it like a once a day shake. Only when a it's in tickle? bloom. Okay. Bloom. Do you just play like Beyonce for it or just give it a little shake? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's what they like. Yeah. Yeah. Like a you should always know your plants and, 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 uh, and talk to them. And, and their favorite playlist, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's awesome. So. I love that. Okay. How many different plants should be in one room? Somebody wants to know how many is too many? Well, there's this current uh, Instagram trend where they're hanging from every you know, from the ceiling on the floor and every pot. If you're a plant person and that's your identity, I say, go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there are no it's rules. If there it's are no rules, if it's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have this theory that, and a, and a decorator from many, many years ago taught me this, that if you want a space to not look over decorated to add plants, it's, uh-huh. a, it's a place for your eye to rest. So yeah. You know, if you're a maximalist in your interiors and you want old books and obelisks and mm-hmm. all those gorgeous things, sometimes add a plant because it's a place for your eye to rest. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgotten that. And I've used it over and over again. And I really, really appreciate it. So maybe all the stuff in your house is plants. And if it's plants, it probably works. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great I, answer. I will say when we're putting together a room, if it's I'm like something's not jiving, if I print out just like have everything, we're playing paper dolls with all the mm-hmm. stuff. If I print out the right tree yeah. and I put it in yeah. the space, I'm like... That's what it needed. It needs that or it needs zebra or both. Usually those two are the things that will <laughs> fix a room. All it's something organic. So yeah. Yeah. Just like something in nature a needs living, to come back a in. A living thing. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. Yeah, I love Good that. Good call. Okay. Okay. What type of olive tree do we use? Okay. So there's two. There's a European olive mm-hmm. and then there's a black olive. It's, uh, I think it's called a black beauty, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, remember an olive is a fruit tree. And even if it is a fruitless fruit tree, it will still produce a little bit of a a bloom or the bloom and the bloom may turn into a little bit of a pit and then fall off. So that said, olives are, olives are a once a week vacuum around, but I love them enough, but it's all about the light with olives and both of them need a lot of light. So Southern window, very similar to a citrus tree Mm -hmm. and remembering it is an outdoor tree that we're putting indoors. And Mm -hmm. I think you'll, you'll reach about seven to 10 years and decide that you want to move on to another tree. Mm -hmm. So they're super beautiful, but it is a tree. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. I had an olive for five years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it sat in a corner with two windows, two different directions uh-huh. right on it. And um, we went on vacation when I came home and all the leaves were on the ground. You can now with big trees, you've got to remember with big trees, they go through a shock. And sometimes you can revive them because they still have oh, life oh. in the branches. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but the, uh, they did come back once, uh-huh. but then the second time it just looked like rigor mortis had set in. This oh, thing was just yeah, like that happens. crusty and it was like, it felt really dead. That's when you need a plant buddy to come to your house I when you're know. gone. Can you give any advice plant buddy? Uh, what would you do to it? 
Well, I mean, I would have maintained, did you leave for a period of time and it didn't get watered? Is that what happened? Well, or? we watered it real good before we left. Oh, and then yeah. we came home like five days later. Well, it should have been fine for I five know, days. I know, you would think, but anyway. So, um, in nature, a tree would not get up and walk across the forest, right? So yeah. that being said, when you bring home a tree mm -hmm. from a nursery or a greenhouse, it's going to have time. You got to have some time to adjust uh -huh. and a tree, the leaves on the tree are, are its food source. It's how it gathers its food. So if it's getting less sunlight, less food, it's going to want to maintain less leaves on it. So it's very common for trees, especially big, big trees, big, big specimen trees, when they first go in to go through a shock period and lose all their leaves. I say, if it, don't be concerned until it loses more than 50 to 60% of its leaves, especially okay. with a ficus. Yeah. And then give it some time. Now, what happens is people freak out because their plants have lost all their leaves. And then they're like hovering like a really bad mom on top of it every day. And are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Uh -huh. You need to let it just rest for a minute. You need to just continue with your plan of taking care of it and let it, let it rest. Uh huh. So okay. how often do you fertilize a tree? Well, I think fertilization can go through everything. You can use these premise. I think if you use a quarter of the recommended dose of, of fertilizer and it's the correct fertilizer for that plant, you can do it every time you water. Oh, interesting. A quarter. So if it's a if it's two teaspoons per gallon, you're using a, a half of a teaspoon per okay. gallon. Mm -hmm. um, or um, a lot of people don't fertilize in the winter. I don't really believe in that. Um, I just do a very, very low dosage. Okay, good to know. Feed them. Feed them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then there are, I mean, I can go into uh, fertilizers or we can do it in a minute. They're organic and then they're chemical and we can talk about that Let's as well. Let's talk about it. Okay. I know you guys, I wish you could see like the display. I, I brought rock. all my, this is my, my standard kind of stuff that I keep in my house. Um, fertilizers are broken down to, into kind of two categories. You have the chemical, which is like uh, the, the Schultz and the miracle Grow, et cetera. That's the colored blue or green. Mm -hmm. These are not bad and by any means, uh, but there are chemical. And then you have your organic and organic means it has organic matter in it. Uh -huh. um, they can be bat guana or worm castings or something like that. I always prefer to do a natural fertilizer in my plants, but people freak out because there's a little bit of smell. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And it's just when it's wet and it's just in the beginning. And once you water it and leave it for a day, it will go away. But sometimes people are like, nope, not in my house. So then the chemicals, the chemical fertilizers Miracle are best for, for you. you. Miracle grows yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. I like Schultz. I think it's a good brand. And then there is a whole new generation of plant foods that are coming out called like Joyful Dirt is a good one. They're starting to realize like, you know, how really good healthy garden soil outside is important. They're starting to realize that those microorganisms that are good for your outdoor plants are also good for your indoor plants. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole new generation of those kind of fertilizers. Are any awesome. of the chemical ones, like, are they okay for pets and stuff? Like, well, nothing is, uh, well, well, we should definitely talk about pets okay. and plants. Um, I, I mean, this is a chemical. This is, mm -hmm. this is nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And, and it's a very concentrated. And if you wouldn't drink it, I probably wouldn't give it to your pets. Yes. So. Or your uh, children. Your ch oh, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine <laughs> gave, me, of gave me an olive, olive branch as like uh -huh. a... Um, Peace yeah, offering. Yeah, housewarming <laughs> gift, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I have a gigantic cat named Larry. And uh, he Larry sounds awesome. Yeah, he's uh. he's pretty awesome. Um, except he <laughs> ate all the leaves off of the olive branch and just little. But I'm like, damn, Larry, like stop eating. This is our <laughs> this is our peace offering. Yeah, our gift, man. Um, but if you uh. were to give a um, fertilize a plant with that, and then 
the animal would eat the leaf? Would that be like? Well, I, I'm always on the side of caution. I think our fur babies will outrank any plants. Yes. So I'm not going to do that, but that it's always not possible. Um, by the time it soaks it up and processes it through the plant, it's really not going okay. to matter. A systemic, now something that would control pests that goes into the system of, of the plant. Yes, I'd be concerned about that, but I wouldn't be concerned about fertilizer. Okay. Now, if they okay. ate the soil, say a baby just paws the soil and yeah, it's out in its mouth. Um, Stay organic. Let's talk about plants and pets and, and babies if you want to just go right into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, I, this was a question that always came up when I worked for a retailer. I always, and it usually seems to be cats because cats can get up on higher ledges, yeah. tables, et cetera. And they also seem to be really attracted to eating things like grasses and fine things like that. Yep. If you have, I always say a side on the air, or error on the side of caution. And if you have an animal that does eat things, before you bring anything into your home, you need to make sure one, it's, if it's toxic. So you need to Google the variety of plant and see if it's toxic to cat or dogs, because some things that are toxic to cats and dogs, sometimes it's not interchangeable. And then you need to look at the soil. Was it grown by a hothouse retailer, like a big box store? Did they douse it with a chemical or is it more like a specialty plant store where it's not pumped full of chemicals? Because both of those can be dangerous to pets. Mm-hmm. So... Good to, to know. know. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even Just think Just err on the that. side of, and then here, so I'm going to play both sides of that. Let's say you do bring home a plant that isn't poisonous and you know, the animal would have to eat s- such a large quantity of it to kill them. Okay. Um, it, now it harm them. Yes. It might make their, their stomach upset. It might make them really sleepy, but like for a cat, like an animal to be killed by a poinsettia, they'd have to eat like three entire plants. Oh, I've I mean, always been curious okay. about that. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying feed your cat poinsettias, but if they happen to nibble one little leaf and you catch it out of their mouth, they're fine. Okay. So okay. yeah. Don't run to the emergency vet. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a death sentence. It's not a death sentence. Okay. I mean, just, just, know. I mean, there are plants like nightshade and that kind of stuff, but that's not for indoor plants. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Great. All right. This is a question that you might feel like you already answered, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because it's from one of our listeners. They, they ask how to help a fiddly fig recover from a move. All the leaves fell off except the tips of the branches. So uh, a ficus is a a large tree. And we talked already about a large tree wouldn't move across the forest. And so Mm -hmm. a ficus grow in that kind of mid range in the, in the rainforest where it's above the, the ground floor and it's not quite, doesn't reach quite to the top. So it, it needs some light, but it is competing for the light. So it's growing up. Um, Are you calling a fiddly fig a ficus? Yes, it is a ficus. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. It is a ficus. Okay, yes. Okay, good to know. And all ficuses will do what they call a fit when they move. And oh, so you're transitioning them. <laughs> I like that. So um, remember that the, the, le- the leaves are the food source for the plant. So if you move it into a place with less light, it's going to lose its food source, food source and it's going to adjust. Now, um, the one thing with fiddly figs that I think people get really, really frustrated is they bring on new leaves in like May, June, July, like early in the summer. It's not going to grow a whole new set of leaves in November, December. Mm. So if you bought like one in November, it's losing its leaves by February. Don't give up hope if you're still taking good care of it till like the summer, May, June, July. Okay. Cause that's when it'll bring on its new leaves. Um, and Every, as I said, everyone freaks out when that happens and they start watering more. They start, you know, mm-hmm. and then you don't need to do that. You just need to let it rest and know that if you've corrected the, if you've selected the right plant for the right place, it will come back. Okay. That's great. Okay. So I have a selfish question for myself. Go ahead. I always have an orchid 
Me too. I can keep it for a long, long time. And then its leaves go off and I'm like, okay, wait, I need to cut just above the nub or below the nub. And I've got to put it in a garage or in a dark room. And I have to water it once a month or do I fertilize it? Anyway, can you tell the people how to, how to revive an orchid again? Okay. So an orchid is, is two parts. It's the, the stem that comes up. That's a bloom. And that bloom will last anywhere from three to six months, okay. depending on the variety. And then once it dies, and remember they, they bloom with the circadian rhythm of the earth. So when, when the light is like 12 hours a day and then it starts stepping down, that's when it sets the, the stem. Uh-huh. So it's only, it's not meant to be in bloom all year long. So once the bloom go, is gone, you can cut that off to preserve energy for the root and the leaves down below. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's best. And then expect it to bloom again at the circadian rhythm of the earth. So a mine, usually like minor setting uh, blooms right now to go to spring. Mm-hmm. Um, but just trim it off. I know it seems extreme and then water it um, and fertilize it. They're, the orchid food is really, really good for orchids, mm-hmm. um, but they don't like a lot of nitrogen. Nitrogen is that first number in the three. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, it has to do with salt. They don't like the salt. It burns them. Oh. So if you can water your uh, distilled water or just lo- like water softener, water is hard on orchids. So okay. uh, just avoid the salts. Mm-hmm. Good to know. And, and so and it'll come back. So d- how far do you cut yours down? So the stem I cut, is, I cut my stem all the way down, all the way down. Yeah. Now occasionally you'll oh, have another bloom that. come off the big stem. Yeah. Um, I want one really big showy bloom and then I, I want to cut it down and wait for next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, the set of leaves on an orchid, there's the two, it, it grows a new set of those every year. So you can look at your orchids and see if it's three years old or five years old or 10 years old. I have about a 10 year old phalaenopsis in my house. It's it's about this tall. It's gigantic and it blooms every year and has a, like a 15 bloom spike on it. I love it. It's white. Um, I ignore my orchids. I leave them in a North window with the blinds not pulled and they're really close to the window and kind of that, even though it's an insulated window, you know, modern two ply window, um, a little bit of cold helps set the blooms for orchids too. Interesting. Not freezing, just yeah. the subtle difference of, yeah. you know, 68 at night versus 80. I yeah. bet you have a really good dinner party when that blooms every year. I, I wish you I should. did. You should this year. Yeah. You should. You should. It's like should on you Crazy you. Rich Asians when they all come I to know. see the flower bloom for I one know. second uh-huh. and then it goes back away. I, I love that movie. I love Aquafina. It's fantastic. <laughs> so send me a picture good. of that, please. Okay. Um, this question is plants for lazy people. What gives the most credit for the least amount of maintenance and cost? Well, artificial, but no one wants that. (laughs) Artificial is not a bad word. Um, There are a lot of, usually the lower light plants are best. Remember low light usually means low water as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Dracaena, I keep mentioning the Dracaena because it's a tried and true. Um, Don't overwater it. Give it very little water. Um, There's a Sansevieria mother-in-law's tongue. That gives you a lot of look. You cannot kill a Sansevieria. There's a plant called a ZZ plant. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. And there's a new black variety of, I think it's called Black Raven, I think. Don't wow. quote me on that, of ZZ Gorgeous. plants, which are really cool. Very cool. Um, ZZ plants are very toxic to animals, so be careful. Oh, okay. Good not for us, I guess, yeah. Corey. We both not for have Larry. animals. Yeah, not for Larry. <laughs> not okay, for um, this question is... Oh man, I don't know if I should ask it. It's about a fiddly fig again. <laughs> no, let's do it because it, it is, it is. Okay. Everyone wants to it's learn. Popular. Okay. So they ask, how do I get my fiddly fig to branch out instead of shooting straight up? So they grow naturally and their natural state is a long, almost like a, a, a firm vine 
with leaves coming out. Remember, they they grow in the the rainforest, so they're growing straight up out of the trying to to reach the canopy. So how you prevent that is you cut it, you cut it just above a leaf, and then it will it will grow branches out sideways, and they call that st- a standard. Oh, that's when the it's a ball shape of a tree. That's called a yeah. standard. <gasps> So great. We asked. No. Okay. But that is a look though. I've seen a lot of people use, uh, they'll use like four very, very straight stem fiddly figs mm-hmm. in a big pot. And it creates this very linear plant structure. That's really, Ooh, cool. that sounds really cool. Okay. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Okay. Next question. What type of plant food do you put in your water? As I said, I, I, I touched with the organics. Um, I, I found this product recently that I think I think people should know about. It's actually not a fertilizer. It does have kelp in it, but it's called Super Thrive, and it's a vitamin. Mm. And I just bought it kind of. I bought it at Lowe's one day, and I'm like, oh, I'll see if it works. And it works really, really darn good. I am super impressed with it. I would strongly nice. encourage that. And then I, I I do do the organics if I can. Um, you know, I am the kind of person that I'll go and buy something at a especially plant store and kind of experiment with it. Yeah. But you can never go wrong with Schultz. It's kind of the tried and true. Okay. That's great. Okay. Um, Rule for height and size of tree relative to ceiling and windows. Remember that a tree in its natural state in the rainforest is going to grow up towards the light. Mm -hmm. So if you have a 10 foot ceiling and an eight foot window, the tree is going to grow eight feet tall. Oh, okay. it's going to grow towards the window. It's always, you cannot duplicate that. Okay. So I just, so then I rotate it. Um, you, of course we want the big gorgeous look. If you have a 10 foot ceiling, maybe you want a nine foot tree. I get that, but just know that sometimes it's the height of the, the window because it's always going to go towards the light. Too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's which is why in a skylight, it just keeps climbing, climbing, yep. climbing, yep. climbing, which is yep. ideal for it. Yeah. I know. So yeah. skylights y'all. Okay, placement within a room, scaling a plant, and scale type of the pot and vessel. I think decorators want things really large. Designers, they want things really large. They want, to me, that's luxury is when something is big. You know, a big 17-inch fishbowl with a 9 or 10-foot fiddly fig or large. That's luxury to me. Yeah. Um, And because it's more expensive, oftentimes people don't want to go that far, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but I think that's what... Scale is everything to be. And if you have a big room, do a big tree. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's great. And it, then what about yeah. the pot that you yeah, put it in? Is it like three times the size of the root ball or how do you? There, well, each variety is going to be very different. A uh-huh. Dracaena has a very, very small pot because you don't want to overwater it. And too large of a pot means the water will not evaporate fast enough uh-huh. and it'll cause root rot. So it's going to be very specific to the tree. Okay. Now, a Dracaena can be really, really big mm-hmm. visually and have a very small pot. So then you're going to do it in in like a cash po or a larger yeah. fish bowl, like something to give yeah. it the visual effect of that. Yeah. And at that point, it's just scale. Yeah. And I can't really teach scale. It just on looks the, right. Yeah, yeah, if it looks right. Yeah. But you, you're going to leave that grow pot inside that large one and you're going to stage moss around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. Um, are there certain plants to choose for certain design styles? Well, as we know, there were very strict and fast rules about design 20 years ago, and we threw them all out the window, thank goodness. Uh-huh. Um, so I free now. I, we are free. We're free. I've seen, you know, Rococo uh, couches mixed with cactus, and I love that. That, yeah. to me, is exciting and new. This kind of whole grand millennial movement of rediscovering the classics are great, but we're we're recoloring it, we're revisionary it, so 
I don't think there's anything that doesn't work. Okay. Plant wise. Throw those rules out the door, guys. Do don't we were sitting here thinking like, well, ferns feel very traditional. (laughs) Things do feel traditional and like a cactus feels very modern, Uh very masculine versus a you know, an ivy, which would feel very but maybe, you know, you're playing, you, maybe you're marrying your room like a couple and it's a little bit masculine, a little bit feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah that. that's such a great point. That's awesome. Um, a lot of you had very similar questions, so I'm glad we're hitting them all. It's um, the fiddly fig mostly. I know it is. Yeah, <laughs> they talk about safe for pets, which I think we already got. Okay, last question, which you kind of touched on, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, we ask this to every guest that comes on the podcast, and that is, how do you define luxury? Um. I say that good design makes people feel comfortable mm. and maybe making people feel comfortable in a, with a beautiful statement is luxury. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it's not about what you spend. It's just maybe the intent behind it, uh-huh. empathy behind it. I love that. The That's beautiful. Behind it. Really well said. Well, thanks so much for coming on Brock. We're so lucky to be. Thanks um, for having me. I'm a huge knowledge. fan of you. Our oh, Disneyland fast pass you. to plants. I know. I feel like we have so many. Um, we'll want to call them on speed dial. Please do. <laughs> for yep. a friend option. Well, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on at Dear Alice today. And if you like our podcast, give us a five-star rating. If you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about, email them to dearalice at alicelanehome.com. Again, that's dearalice at alicelanehome.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 